Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I have a new favorite treat, which is something that uh, production put in a nice little welcome bag for me in Puerto Rico, which was guava sticks. Have you ever heard of these? No. Are they like um, like dried guava or something? No, it's more like a cookie apparently made from guava. They are so so delicious, like melt in your mouth. I can't wait for you to try them. Me Although neither. they probably have gluten. I know. That's what I was going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll still have one. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. And Sarah, today we are celebrating our 200th episode of Happier in Hollywood. I can't even believe it. Yay! Go us. Go listeners. I can't believe it either. I know. You know, it's funny because Gretchen and I are celebrating our sixth anniversary of Uh Happier with Gretchen Rubin. And I was saying to her that almost as soon as that started, I was saying to you, we should do a podcast about Hollywood. And here we are on our 200th episode. I know. And I remember being very excited about the idea and also extremely nervous. Yes. And we started talking about like, well, will we have topics. What will we talk about? And we had so many things to talk about. We thought, well, we have to do this. Yes. Yes. And, and more things arise every day. Yes. <laughs> in fact, our 200th episode, we have to like jump in and record early for one of those crazy things that is happening. Yes. I am going to go last minute to Puerto Rico for a few days to do a location scout for Fantasy Island, the show we're working on for Fox. So we were like, uh-oh, we better record this episode um, because it's going to be very hard to record from a, a van in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and I will both go in a yes. few weeks. I was just imagining you pulled over on the side of the road in San Juan, <laughs> like, sorry, I just have to do this real quick. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> and Sarah, just as I was thinking about this being our 200th episode, the thing that has been so great, I think, for both of us is the community around Happier in Hollywood. Like, I feel yes. like we've made amazing connections with other writers, but also with people who aren't necessarily in the business. And it's given us an ability to reach out and invite people onto the show who, um, you know, just who we're interested in. Yes, like we got to talk to Annie Duke, who have admired her as a poker player forever, and she's so brilliant. It was like, oh my God, here we are talking to Annie Duke. And we get to have people like our friend Nichelle Trambolon, who like... In a pandemic, it's so hard to, like, see people and talk to people, but it's like, yeah. we can go, hey, we can have Nichelle on to talk about her show. Yeah, it's really been a gift. And, of course, we also have to talk about our incredible Facebook group. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Our Facebook group has blossomed into this go-to destination for when I just want to chat with people, see what's going <laughs> on. It's about Hollywood, but really so much more. Yeah, I always find if I'm just feeling a bit glum, I can go to our Facebook group and people take non-Hollywood questions there, life questions. And yes. sometimes it's just like, I'm looking for a new book. What great book have you read lately? And sometimes it's bigger, weightier things. And I find the support that the people in our Happier in Hollywood community give is very smart and compassionate. It just always makes me feel better, even if the question has nothing to do with my life Same. or with Hollywood. Same. Yeah. So anyone who's not in the Facebook group and wants to join, um, just go to uh, Facebook and search for Happier in Hollywood and request to be put into the group and we will let you in. And if you are in the group, thank you for just being so awesome and creating such a great yes. space for people. Yes. Okay, well, Sarah, in the spirit of the 200th episode, we asked listeners to let us know what they've taken away from Happier in Hollywood, what little tidbit has resonated with them. And we got, of course, some amazing responses, so we just wanted to share. Yes, Laura mentioned light the fire. She said, I utilized that strategy yesterday when you mentioned it in the podcast and finished four knitting projects. They required simple but tedious fixes that I'd put off because I was annoyed that I'd made a mistake when casting off or finishing the crown of a hat, for example. Total time for repairing all four projects, an hour. And now I've got a new cowl to wear on my morning walks and three friends have new hats. Oh, yay. Of course, you know, I love that one as a knitter. Yeah. Well, and also what's funny about that, Sarah, is that's one we never would have had if you weren't in Minnesota, where you realized <laughs> after 15 years of not using the fireplace, you could do a small fix and be able to have nightly fires. Yes, absolutely. And then Alice said, she's taken away, give good meeting. It changed my professional life. Well, we have talked a lot about meetings and how to have a great meeting. Yes, it's so important. All the many elements of meetings I feel like we have covered, although I'm sure we'll find new elements to come. Oh, There's yes. always something about meetings. Um, and then Brooke said, know when to quit and how to do it without burning bridges. Yes, we did like a whole big segment on how to quit properly. 
Yes. As you know, I had a traumatic nanny quitting experience, which <laughs> inspired that. <laughs> yes. And it really just made us think like it's such an important skill. And when you screw it up, it can have long term. In this case, it really doesn't matter. But if you do it in the wrong position or in the wrong company or in the wrong career, it could really have long term effects. Knowing how to quit well is important. So, yeah, Michael yes. Melcher came and talked to us about that. That was great. Yes. And then Jacqueline says, ripcord, know when to pull it. So that's similar. It's like, when do you quit? Yeah. Like, what is the moment of escape? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, we've all been there. And Katie said she most remembers having a nemesis. She said, my husband and I have determined that we have the same nemesis in the investment property world. <laughs> Yes, that is so funny. The idea of a nemesis, it's not like an enemy. It's just someone who you sort of track and you want to see how you're doing against them, I, I guess. We, yeah, we got that from Roxanne Gay, who very famously has a nemesis. Maybe more than one, I think. Yes. And if you haven't read Roxanne Gay's book, Hunger, it's excellent. Coming up, we will talk about our favorite takeaway of all time from Happier in Hollywood. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Sarah, these are a couple you and I go back to over and over again. Mm -hmm. Jody says, take the meeting and volunteers, not recruits, are my favorites. Honestly, I take away a new perspective from my toolbox each week. Oh, well, that's nice. First, let's talk about take the meeting. And by the way, we have several votes for take the meeting and volunteers, not recruits. So we should talk about each of those. Yeah. Take the meeting. We have realized, Sarah, over the years that even if a meeting seems useless, <laughs> seems pointless, seems like, why are we going to put on makeup, whether it's Zoom or in person, to take this meeting, we have learned many times that that meeting can lead to something unexpected. Yes. So many times we've been like, eh, we don't know if we like that actor. And then we have a meeting with them and we go, you know what? They're actually perfect for this. It happens over and over. Same with writers, same with directors. You think, well, I don't know. I've seen this or I've seen that. I'm not sure it's really applicable to what we're doing here. And then as soon as you take the meeting, just there's that little nugget that goes, oh, yeah, this is the right person for this. And the same is true of meeting on projects. You might think, ah. Eh, I don't know if we want to do this project about Lottie Da. And then you get there and you're like, Lottie Da's amazing. I love Lottie Da. 
Well, and what happens also is that you meet with a producer one year and you go, well, that was interesting. But then three years later, they have something you really want and then you have a relationship or you're looking for someone to partner with and then you remember, oh, I really liked that producer in a meeting. So also executives, I mean, executives Uh, move around. So they may be at a different network in six months and have something that they could recommend you for. So you've just, it's really worth the time to take the meetings. I mean, that's sort of Hollywood. For us, Hollywood is such a meeting-based industry, right? Yeah. But even for those of you not in Hollywood, I think taking the meeting is usually the right move. And then, of course, volunteers, not recruits, I'm going to say is probably the single greatest piece of wisdom we have ever received and passed on. I am going to agree with you. I wish that I could claim credit for it. I I wish it was ours. I wish it had emanated from our own heads, but it did not. And I think what's great about Volunteers Not Recruits is it boils down a lot of complex and competing things into just a very simple phrase. Yes. So many problems can be solved by just saying Volunteers Not Recruits. And it goes both ways. So we both feel that like when we're hiring people, if someone is hedging, they don't know if they want to do it, we do not go out of our way to talk them into doing it because, again, volunteers, not recruits. But also it helps us get over not being chosen for something. Like, we also don't want to have to convince you up, down, and sideways that we're right for something. If you don't want us, fine. We'll find somebody who does. Right. Yeah, I think the consequences of not living by and working by the idea of volunteers, not recruits, are so bad (laughs) often. Yes. I mean, it really goes south so quickly and so badly. So we... I mean, we make so many decisions with volunteers, not recruits in mind. Yeah. And it's funny, anytime we might waver from that, we can just go back to the origin story for volunteers, Mm -hmm. not recruits. (laughs) Um, Sarah, I won't name any names, but we were on a show where the lead actor really didn't want to be there. It was not our show, I should say. And the creator of the show said, looking back, he had had to really uh, convince the person to do the job. And the person really didn't want to, but got talked into it. And for years, it was just somebody who didn't want to be there. And that made everybody's life more difficult. And so the creator said to us, from now on, it's volunteers, not recruits. And any time that we waver, we just think back to that experience and we remember the fallout of having a recruit to deal with. And we uh, move on quickly. Yes. And then... (laughs) Liz, I love this. (laughs) Brenda and Lauren both said that strong, calm, kind has become a really important mantra for them. Lauren for parenting and Brenda for her job as a middle school assistant principal. Boy, definitely an amazing motto. Yes. And I wish we could, again, (laughs) take credit for it, Sarah. But that is the motto of Liz Dolan, um, one of the Satellite (laughs) Sisters. You know, we love the Satellite Sisters. 
anyone who hasn't listened to their podcast, please do. It's delightful. And Liz Dolan said her work mantra is strong, calm, kind. And I said, and she says she tries to be two on any given day, <laughs> not all three. Um, so then I said my mantra was weak, hysterical, and mean, <laughs> which I can be all three on any given day. Yeah. So. <laughs> We've got those nailed. Working on strong, calm, kind. I still need my weak, hysterical, and mean mug. Didn't I get you a weak, hysterical, mean mug? You got me strong, calm, kind perfume. Ah, yes. I was like, I know I I did something. (laughs) Yes. The mug is on the way. I'll work on it. Okay, good. So, yeah, strong, calm, kind, Sarah. That's what we're going to take into uh, Fantasy Island. At least we're going to try. Yes. Now, Victoria says, I love your original mantra the best. This is a fun job and we enjoy it. And we've gotten that from several people. Um, And somebody said it's a fun job even when it's not. And that is really (laughs) the key to it's a fun job and I enjoy it, is knowing that every job has things right that aren't fun, including ours. But remember that we enjoy it. Yes. What is it now, Liz? It's a laborious lark. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's a laborious lark. And we enjoy it. That's our new mantra. Oh, and then Kelly, she's <laughs> Kelly wrote, down with exclamation points. I think of you every time I check over an email before I send it. Yes, Kelly, I'm still working on it, I have to say. This is an ongoing thing. Sarah, just this morning, I sent a double exclamation point uh, message (laughs) and I looked at it and I said, now I've just put two double, two, I've just put two exclamation points here. Is that necessary? And I decided it was, but it probably wasn't. It's a hard habit to break. It really is. Now, Lindsay said what stuck with her is stop apologizing. Say thank you instead of sorry. I think this isn't even just about work. This is in life. I think women especially have a tendency to apologize for everything. Like I have a friend who apologizes for walking into a room like, oh, I'm sorry. I just (laughs) walked in. I hope that's okay. It's like you don't have to apologize for being alive. Right. And it's it takes away also the meaning of apologies. Apologies, when they're delivered sincerely, are so powerful and have such power to transform a relationship. But if you're just constantly throwing sorry around, then it stops being as meaningful. We become less powerful as we're apologizing a lot, which is what Trish pointed out. She said, you taught me to take back my power and stop apologizing. Yes, Trish. Yes. And it is true that if you say thank you instead of sorry, you get the same message across. So thank you for understanding that I had to leave work early to pick up my son at the airport is better than I'm so sorry I had to go pick up my son at the airport. Yes. Okay, Sarah, this next one from Aaron, I believe um, this was something that came from you um, at the beginning (laughs) of the pandemic. She said, running out of fucks to give early in the pandemic. I think we all had certain fucks we were out of and could really relate. Yes, that was from the country song, My Give-A-Dam's Busted. My Give-A-Dam was uh-huh. so busted. I'm st- I think it's still a little busted, but I'm, I'm working on it. I think now that we're deep into Fantasy Island, My Give-A-Dam just sort of had to, had to fix itself. <laughs> <So> yes. <laughs> that helps for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, Sarah, and I assume many have had the same experience that being really plunged back into a very consuming job 
has like eased a lot of my pandemic angst. Yeah. Because I'm just so busy that it feels like normal life, even though I'm just like on the treadmill desk in my office at home. It feels <laughs> like a regular life. Absolutely. And then Vanessa <laughs> said, as a teacher, I can't say fuck in any meetings, but I assure you that I'm often thinking it. <laughs> Sarah, wasn't say fuck in a meeting like our very first Hollywood hack or I one think of the so. first? Yeah, it was. I think it was the first. Yeah. We should explain it um, for all of those who didn't listen, like, way back in episode one of 200. Um, we realized early in our career that as women writers, we needed men to feel like we could hang. So we decided we would always find a way to say fuck in a meeting, which seems so, like, trivial and who cares, but it lets it sort of gave these men the idea that, oh, I don't have to watch what I say around these ladies. Yes. I mean, it is, I will say, unfortunate that that still seems like a necessary hack, but it does. Absolutely. Things have not come all that far as much as we would yeah. like them to have. Yes. We don't recommend this, yes, if you're a kindergarten teacher applying for a job. Probably best not to say yes. fuck in a meeting. <laughs> Use your own best judgment. Use this one, yes, with discretion, please. And then Cass said, wearing a pair of descent earrings when you want to back yourself in a meeting. Oh, we should explain descent earrings, Sarah. Yes. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the former Supreme Court justice who was like so amazing, she had a wide variety of collars that she would wear. And she had a specific collar that was known to be her descent collar when she was sort of there was something she didn't like when she was writing the dissenting opinion on something. She would wear her dissent collar. So first of all, when she died, I now have two pair of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg earrings. I have a pair of <laughs> earrings that my aunt gave me that has a picture of her. And then I have earrings that are the design of her dissent collar. So we were saying if you're going to a meeting and you want to just feel a little like you want to represent your dissension, have something that you can wear. I think you were going to have your Gucci shoes be your descent item. Yes, my black and white Gucci loafers. Although I must say, I, I mean, nobody would see them at this point. They're, they're a little bit useless, yeah. but I could still feel dissenting wearing them um, in my home office. <laughs> I like the person, Sarah, whose dissent item, I think they had underwear that said, fuck you on the yes. back. And they would just know when they turned around and walked out of the office that it was there, even if the person couldn't see it. That was amazing. There's so, but people had so many wonderful descent items. Like, it really was delightful. Yes, from the subtle little um, middle finger up necklaces. Those were so great. Yes. Coming up, we have a favorite takeaway that came from our former assistant turned full-time writer, Brooke. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, Liz, this one comes from Catherine. She said, one of my favorite takeaways is action is the antidote to anxiety. And I have to say, once again, this did not originate with us. This originated with the amazing Brooks at Graves-Turner. That's right. And it is very comforting to remember that. Like, it actually helps if you do something. Like, I'm anxious about traveling after a year Yeah. Since I'm going to Puerto Rico, but I am packing and packing relieves my anxiety. Um, Sarah Mike said, I forget what the advice was, but it resulted in me buying new underwear that fit. Ha ha. (laughs) I remember it resonated with a few others too. Well, now I really want to know what that advice was. That is so funny. (laughs) But I'm very glad because underwear that does not fit is spectacularly unpleasant. So good job, Mike. And then Vicky said, canary in a coal mine. <laughs> Ironically, mine is saying fuck. So if Vicky is saying fuck in a meeting, she will know that it's her canary in a coal mine and something yes. is amiss. <laughs> yes. Sarah, I was saying to you just last night that my canary in a coal mine seems to be buying like practical pants because <laughs> I have been um, going on a binge of buying practical pants to wear to set. Um, And I think it's because I have anxiety about, you know, just in general, not just traveling, but like just our whole taking on Fantasy Island. Yes. And my anxiety is coming out through purchasing pants. (laughs) A lot of practical pants. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to get to Puerto Rico and start like posting Instagram (laughs) pictures of all all of your practical pants. pants. Michelle said, my fave was recent where a listener shared her theory around if you are not feeling fuck yes, then it's a pass. I mean, that was brilliant. I feel like I will carry that one for a very long time. If it's not fuck yes, it's a no. I mean, of course. Yes. It's in the same family as volunteers, not recruits. Yeah. But it has just a little more spice to it. (laughs) Yes. And then Becky said, don't make a gift a burden. Sometimes I have to chant it before I tackle the gift. (laughs) Yes. And actually, Carolyn also said, don't treat a gift like a burden. Um, She said, it's especially helpful for me as I balance work and family during the pandemic. On the days when I want to work past 5 p.m., I say the phrase to myself because I know that the work needs to stop for the day and I need to relax and spend time with my family. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't treat a gift like a burden is almost like having a short therapy session. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that came, Sarah, from a listener. When Gretchen and I were doing a live show, I believe, in Seattle for Happier, a listener had that as part of their manifesto. And that is something I came back and said to you, and we wrote it on the wall, and we have really tried to live by that. Because a lot of times, you know, doing a show is 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 what we want, but it's also this huge amount of responsibility and work. And so we remind ourselves when we get a show on the air, don't treat a gift like a burden. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you know I love this one from <laughs> yes. Denise. She said, the evil donut bringer is firmly in my lexicon. <laughs> Liz, you have succeeded. (laughs) I have, yes. Do not bring donuts to work. Yeah, this is uh, such uh, an important element of now our kind of communal belief system that it actually comes up in the pilot of Fantasy Island. There's a little tease. (laughs) Tease. 
Oh, Liz. And then we also love this one because it came from our friend Nichelle Tramble. Joanna said, get to Steppen got me away from an abusive, toxic corporation and running my own business. It made me howl with laughter when I first heard it. And then it became a genuine and meaningful inspiration. I will always be grateful. Well, Joanna, we will share that with Nichelle for sure. She listens, so I'm sure she will hear that. And a shout out to Nichelle's brilliant mom. And Sarah, really, people need to go back and hear Nichelle tell this story. Um, so go listen to episode 80 of Happier in Hollywood um, for the Get to Step In story. And Sarah, um, Rosie says, don't stop. You can take a break, but don't stop. I think this was from an episode about hiking Fryman Canyon, but I use it <laughs> metaphorically and literally all the time when I am doing something difficult at work or exercising. Yes, I think we were talking about going up the big hill at Fryman. That horrible big hill, which I have to say, I miss so much of all See? the things about L.A. They're the like the things that I miss are so specific. Fryman Canyon, even that hill, Sugarfish Sushi, mm. and uh, weirdly the Americana at Brand and Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sarah, when you come back, we will hike that hill before we Sounds go good. to and, Puerto Rico. And then I will get sushi. Perfect. And then, Liz, this is one of my absolute favorites. It's right up there for me personally with Volunteers Not Recruits. Fred said, remember the Mahjong card. This is a go-to expression slash image when feeling overwhelmed. As you said, Mahjong starts with confusion, but focusing and playing, preparing for the possibility we may not get the tiles we want and quickly committing to a new strategy, bring clarity. It's so true. I mean, it's that thing of just like things that seem incomprehensible at first, once you practice them and understand them and just gain more knowledge, suddenly become totally clear. And yes. when you're in that overwhelmed stage, you just have to remember that. Remember the Mahjong card. And finally, Sarah, this is one of my favorites. Choose a personal symbol. Joanne said, choose a personal symbol really made me happier. I shared the idea with my workmate, and now we both have personal symbols. She's given me some symbol gifts for Christmas or birthdays, which I get a lot of joy from. And Sarah, you've done that for me. My personal symbol is lightning because television success is lightning in a bottle. And I love all of my lightning items. Um, one of my favorite shirts that I wear is a lightning shirt you gave me for Christmas. Yes, as a gift buyer, this is a really wonderful thing for people to adopt in their own lives. Yes. As soon yes. as you have a personal symbol, for good or bad, you will suddenly get an influx of gifts in that yes. arena. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for sharing your favorite takeaways. I think that's pretty good for 200 episodes, Sarah. I feel like we, a lot of people have, have taken things from the show, and we've taken so much from all of you. So thank you, and Keep it coming. Yes, and that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood, this 200th episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. 
And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And do check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Till next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. All right, you ready to switch gears? All the right, two hundred episode. Yeah. Come Woo-hoo. on, yeah. All right, we are rolling. Okay. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative. From the Onward Project.